Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It's June 18th. It's 2021, and we have 15 baseball games on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Dave Potts. Cheese is good. What's happening, Cheese? Hey, uh, happy Friday baseball. Big old Friday slate. Um, Yeah, it's good to be here. Yes, sir. Well, I'm glad to have you. I think this is the first time that I know it's the first time in a while that we have done a 15 game podcast together. Um, we usually yeah, we get had those, a bunch like, of those little ones. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. All right. What are your initial thoughts when you pull up and you look at this slate? So the very first thought that comes into my head is it's still the weirdest thing to me that FanDuel's pitcher pricing is sharper than DraftKings pitcher pricing this season. That's, that's my overriding thought. Um, it's a weird group of good pitchers with weirdly tough matchups. Like it's like, you can't just look at the names of the pitchers and oh, that's the best guy. That's the next best guy. It's a very interesting, like matchup based slate on the pitching side. We do have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to cover on this slate. We'll try to keep it under an hour, but there's a zero chance that happens. Um, because it is such a big slate. Before we get into it, I just want to tell you guys, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been here for a while, I appreciate you. Episode 1000, next Tuesday. Um, I've been grinding this for a long time. I think it's going on five years now. We have we are going to reach number 1000 next Tuesday. We're going to do some giveaways. We're going to give away five RG premiums. So make sure you're listening, and you will learn how to figure out how to, how to win some RG premiums. So, man... 
And again, just support the podcast. It's always awesome. So now, did you know, I want to ask you, did you know you were coming up on a thousand because you've got just like scratch marks on a wall somewhere and you just count them every day? Like Duh, prison cell walls? No, I have a notebook. Don't you remember? I'm the okay. notebook pad, notepad guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, luckily, like where I, where we upload the podcast for RG and stuff, it keeps track of it for me. So I, I knew, I, I knew we got to like 950 that it was like happening this year. So um, yeah, man, I'm excited. Awesome. All right, let's get into this baseball slate. A lot to talk about. Um, spots that we don't like, we're going to kind of just breeze through. Um, we start here with Cleveland at Pittsburgh. We got JC Mejia against Chad Cool. This game is not cool. Um, there, this is there definitely is a the dumbest game on the slate. <laughs> eight and a half total in this game, and Cleveland's a 150 favorite. Um, any interest here in JC Mejia? Mejia? Uh, there's not a chance that I'm playing a pitcher in this game. Yeah, let's just sum it up. If like he's not going to pitch deep into the game anyway, I know it's a matchup against Pittsburgh, but he kind of stinks. And then Chad Cool, he'll throw enough pitches to be relevant, but he's not good enough to be relevant. So we're going to breeze through the the pitchers in this one. Let's talk bats here. Let's start with Cleveland. Anything standing out to you for the Indians? I mean, this is one of those slates where a guy like Jose Ramirez is going to be really tough to play. Uh, Of course, you're going to like him, um, but every single team team is on the slate. It's tough to like any batter from Cleveland when they're that expensive. Um, I mean, yeah, I like him, and maybe, I mean, maybe you play a cheap lefty power back, except the cheap. Lefty power bats aren't really that cheap here anymore. Uh, I think I'm pretty much just going to leave this game completely alone from all angles. Yeah, I'm with you. The Indians, I don't think they're in a bad spot by any means, but it's just, it's pricing. Um, if we still I, had like the 2K Bobby Bradley or something, that'd be great. But he's 3,800 yeah, on DraftKings. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think that price is crazy. But again, like, are you going to one off a first baseman? Probably not. So, I mean, the only guy that, like, I'll keep bringing up because I know he's a good hitter, he's just struggling right now, is Eddie Rosario. He's definitely been hitting the ball better recently. Um, Hits in eight of his last ten games. He's 3,600, should hit it towards the top of the order. He's fine. I I don't hate that. And then, as far as the Pittsburgh bats go, I mean, I don't hate any of the lefties, but none of them are, like, oh, they're stellar prices. Like, it's not like Frazier's, like, 3100 he's 4100 um that's kind of my problem with pittsburgh nothing really standing out as far as like the prices unless colin moran is back he's 2400 and we know he has some power well the the one guy that i am playing a lot recently is brian reynolds yeah and he's still at 3k on DraftKings. um he's just like quietly having a really great year I, i he's a totally fine one of those when you you got one spot left and you got 3K. If he's just sitting there, sure. But basically, this is a let's move on to the next game kind of game. Yeah, like Brian Reynolds is great too because he's a switch hitter. So it doesn't really matter what comes in out of the bullpen after this guy throws like 50, 60 pitches to start this game. So it's always great. Moving on, we got New York Mets, Washington Nationals facing off in this game. Joey Lucchese against Eric Fed. Eight and a half total pick them game. Um, any interest here in Luke AC? No, no. <laughs> Does that cover Listen, that? My He's job fine. is He's to fine. ask. Yeah, you're doing a great job. 
Listen, I have to ask the hard hitting questions. Um, yeah. Eric fed on the other side of this game. I mean, seven, like, all right, Dave, I'm not going to lie to you. I knew he was pitching on this slate. I knew he was facing the Mets. I was hoping he was going to be like 5,800, even yeah, 60, exactly. 60, 64 to 6,500. I think I would had like, a, we would have had a real conversation, but 7,500 for Eric fed. I know he's pitched good here recently. Had a great game against San Francisco last time out. The Mets aren't a scary lineup. I just feel like he's he's in that price range where I'm probably not playing him here. Yeah, it's just silly. I mean, when when we get up to about a thousand dollars more than him, we've got like four or five really truly good pitchers, and I, I just can't I just can't do it with this. Oh, I love the eight K range. Like we're gonna yeah. get there as we're as we're breaking these games down. But I love the eight K range. So and it really when gonna, you look at that it just makes makes him all yeah. the less appealing if you're playing 150 lineups i think you can get some exposure i I don't hate the idea of getting exposure i think the matchup's fine i'm not going out of my way to play the mets bats i mean pete alonzo is 5200 dom smith is okay he's kind of priced up there so i'm not like there's nothing on the mets that is like unless mckinney bats like second or fourth or something he's 3200 he's outfielder but yeah i don't love the mets here yeah i agree um yeah, these first couple of games are – they're just far behind a lot of what we're going to come to later. Uh, Luke KC is a guy that gives up a lot of power, a lot of fly balls to righties. Anything here for Washington that's standing out to you? Uh, not really. Like, on the full slates, I'm pretty much only looking at Washington when they're facing a righty, and you kind of build around Soto and Schwarber. Um like this is kind of like the Jose Ramirez thing. Like this is a tough slate to say you're going to play Trey Turner. I mean, he's always good, um, but basically, no. This is another one of those I'm more or less just kind of skating past it. I do think that Turner is like w- with him being under 5K. Uh, shortstop's always a position that I like to spend up on. I think the opportunity cost is always there. I think he's definitely in play, um, but I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't see myself fully stacking Washington. It's a 15-game slate. I think we're going to see stacks take down tournaments, especially with the sticky stuff gone. So, uh, Toronto at Baltimore is where we keep rolling here. We got Robbie Ray and Bruce Zimmerman facing off in this game. Nine total. Toronto is a 160 favorite. Um, any interest here in Robbie Ray? Yes, sir. Uh, so, this is what I was talking about when I say – like FanDuel is getting pricing more right than DraftKings, in my opinion. Like it looks weird to see Robbie Ray priced as the highest pitcher when you've got Bauer, Radon, and Burns. But I don't see any reason he's not the best pitcher on this slate. Like it see it feels wrong to say, but I, I I think he's clearly at the DraftKings salary, clearly the best pitcher on this slate. That's that's how I feel about it. I I, I still don't. Like it's going to be years before I really truly fully trust it, but it's here. Like he's just playing good. So yes, ton of interest. My only concern about Ray is Baltimore puts the ball in play against lefties, and I mean it's a hundred at bat sample size for a lot of these guys. You know, dating even dating back to last season. If you go to a larger sample size, the numbers go up a little bit. That's my only concern. But I'm with you. Like, I'm playing Robbie Ray over Radon, Bauer, Burns. No doubt about it. 
Like, give me the savings. I'm playing Robbie Ray over those three guys today. And, you know, I'll, I'll have my counter arguments for those guys when we get there, but I'm with you. I like Robbie Ray a lot in this spot. And I yeah. think he's going to get run support because Bruce Zimmerman is not a power lefty. And I think that Toronto can put up some runs against him here. Yeah. Just to, uh, you know, since you said, I think it's kind of a misconception that, that Baltimore is an easy matchup. Like they're the, I think they're the second lowest dragout team in the league right now against lefties. It's, it's yeah. close. Like everyone from like two through 10 is more or less tied, but yeah, I agree. It's not a great matchup, but, um, but yes, love Ray. So um, it's better than the other three. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, I mean, I could make a case to say the blue Jays are my favorite offense on this slate. Um, I'm not sure yet that that's where I'll end up. Um, and Zimmerman has turned it around. Like he's been kind of tough to pick on in real life. Um, most of this season, like he's not, it's not as bad as it seems like he should be. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm just not okay with a below average strikeout lefty against this Toronto team. It's well, that's the problem, just right? It's not going to work. He's very good against lefties and like, he just can't get righties out. He gives up a ton of hard contact even if we just look at this season numbers, like he is an extreme splits guy. And we see that a lot with left-handed pitchers. Um, He's facing a Toronto Blue Jays lineup that can roll out eight righties. And And they're all great. Yeah. Like the, the top five or six are really, really good. Um, So I'm just, I'm not playing Zimmerman here. And I do, I I do like the Toronto stack in this spot. They're expensive. Like you're going to have to pay up there to get this stack in there, but I definitely think they're in there. It with Teoscar Hernandez not playing in this game, you'll get a cheaper outfield bat with like Gary L, um, Grichik, these guys. So, I mean, we're, we'll definitely be paying attention to see who fills that like outfield spot that, you know, has potential value. Yeah. I love like where Grichik and Guriel are so well-priced. Um, they just kind of make the whole stack work where you get, maybe you can't get all three of, Vlad, Bichette, and Simeon, but you could get two of them. I always leave Simeon off my stacks, and I always hate it when he hits a home run, but I oh, always sick. leave him off my stacks. <laughs> They're all so good. Yeah, he seems like he should be the leftover guy, but like he's almost just as good as the other ones. Yeah. I mean, I usually play the four, and then whoever's catching for Toronto is what I usually do, but that's because their catchers are always super cheap. Um, Baltimore bats, I don't I don't really have an interest in Baltimore. I'm like, if Mancini was cheaper and he was priced for the matchup, maybe – Mount Castle, maybe, but I mean, I'm probably not going there. Yeah, none of them are really priced down where I thought. Like, I mean, it seems like a week ago, Mount Castle was like 2,800 or something. I, I would have had some interest there, um, but no, I'm not going to pay anything near 4K for a, an Orioles bat. Yeah, I remember tagging him earlier this week in lineup HQ on value tags. He was like um, 31 or 3,200. Yeah, something like that. All right, moving on. We got Oakland at New York. Facing the Yankees, it is Kepperlin against Tyon in this one. There was a line. Okay, it's back up. It's nine and a half. Yankees are a 120 favorites. Um, any interest here in Kepperlin? Uh, no. I mean, I like the guy. He looks good. Like I, The control is uh, you know, borderline. Um, I mean, this is a very good prospect, and I'm generally on board with him. I played him a couple of times already, um, but I mean – 9,100, just what are we doing on this slate? It's silly. If this dude was 7,500, I would probably play a lot of him. I 
I can't justify the price. I, I like him. I'm a huge fan. This guy's super talented. He has great stuff. There is a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. I just 9,100 just is it's too much to ask here. Too much to ask. And then Tyon on the other side, he's 7,100. My biggest concern with him is just pitches. I, I mean, like he gets into any kind of trouble to yank him. He just, he's coming off of a terrible start. He really hasn't pitched well since the beginning of May. What are your thoughts here on Jamison Tyon? Um, yeah, I'm really not a fan right now either. I feel like we're, we're hoping we get five innings and five strikeouts. Um, and I think like he is like the price is totally fair. Um, but we're not really like, I, I still don't think we're going to be chasing, you know, a thousand dollars to take on the extra risk and the lower ceiling. So, I mean, when you're talking seven K range and below, I mean, sure, I guess, sort of, um, but I, I don't like it. <laughs> you never, you never want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what. Like, as I'm, as we go through the rest of these, like I'm looking for, but who's the cheap guy I'm going to play? And I mean, I'm not sure he's there. So maybe that does mean you land on a couple of of tie-ons as an SP two. I, again, I love the 8K range, and yeah. I don't mind going like two 8K pitchers on this slate. Like we're gonna get into some of these guys. Yeah, I like Robbie Ray, but even Robbie Ray at 9K. If you go 9K, 8K, I still think you have plenty of room for bats, especially if you punt catcher like I do. Um, bats in this game. Anything here for Oakland? Um, yeah, I think Oakland power um, is kind of always in play, um, but I certainly like. Um, Matt Olson, a very good bit. Uh, the, the guys like, you know, Chapman and Cannon and all these guys, I'll kind of toss them in the MME mix just every single game. Um, but then on DraftKings, they did, I would say they did a good job getting Olson up so high that it, it seems a little silly to pay, like to pay 6K for a one off. I mean, you have to, you need like two home runs out of that. And I'm, I'm not calling that's what you get. I'm actually, probably more likely to play Moreland if he's in there and cause he can, he can hit the two home runs also um, at 3,100. So, you know, sort of interest. Yes. But not like a, a primary target. My, my problem with stacking against the Yankees, especially on a 15 game slate is the bullpen is just so good. Like uh, I just, even if you beat Tyon in the beginning of this game and you score four or five runs, you're still getting one of the best bullpens in baseball, especially when you get into like that seven, eight, nine stretch and you need your stack just to come out of the gates hot. And I mean, that's what you're always hoping for. So um, New York Yankees, Caprolin, any interest here in the Yankees? Um, yes. I, they're just that team that, I mean, I know they've been disappointing more often than not, but they, I mean, they've, they've come around. They, we know the power is in there. And the one thing about, about him, like the talent, yes, but he's walking three plus batters a game. Yeah. It's just not asking that much for one bad early inning and he's out of the game and into the middle of that bullpen with the Yankees. Um, so yes, I, I think this is a team I'm going to be stacking, uh, you know, moderately. Yeah, um, I mean, it seems like a a good stack to stack. 
the batted ball data for sliders for the Yankees is not great. And like, that's this kid's pitch. Like that's his out pitch. But I mean, the walks, I want to see what the umpire is. Like we're, yeah, we'll have to, matter. we'll have to wait. I think the umpire, it definitely matters in this game. Yeah, uh, I agree. St. Louis at Atlanta, Max Freed, Carlos Martinez facing off in this one. Um, nine and a half total. Atlanta is a 175 favorite. Any interest here in Carlos Martinez? <laughs> As a pitcher? It was a long uh, time ago I when know. he was good. You remember that? that was uh, a long time yeah. Ago. Although, I mean, he, he, to be fair, he was good last week. Like, what are the odds, right? I mean, there is no question still somewhere in there. This dude has a ton of talent. Um, and, I mean, it's kind of shown up-ish over the last few starts. But, no, absolutely no chance I play him. So he was good against the Cubs. That's not saying much. Um, Max Freed on the other side here. Any interest in him going up against St. Louis? Uh, yes. I don't. I don't. Like, I don't love it, but yes. Like where he's priced, um, you know, I prefer him. Like he's he's right next to Eric Fetty um, and John Johnny Cueto. So to me, we still haven't quite got to that eight K range that's great but he to me he's the guy who fits in there um if you're trying to get under 8k he is my favorite guy on the slate um and that's not to say i'm crazy about him but he's just a a very solid decent pitcher at a reasonable price i mean he's a good real life pitcher generates ground balls doesn't give up a ton of power doesn't typically get blown up and he's under 8k i mean that's saying a lot on this slate i think so I think he could go out there, have a good quality start, score 15 to 20 fantasy points, and I think that's okay um, on the slate. Yeah, that's how I feel about him. Uh, as far as St. Louis bats go, I mean, there's definitely a three-man here. Goldie, Arnado, O'Neal, um, even Molina if you want to go four-man. It just it's not like you feel great about these guys this season. Goldschmidt, just I, I think he forgot how to hit. Um, left-handed pitching. This guy is a guy we used to play all the time against lefties. What's your thoughts on the Cardinals' bets? Um, I would just say that I love the salaries compared yeah. to some of what we've just seen, compared to like where Oakland was at. I mean, O'Neal's 38, Goldie's 37, DeYoung is 32, and Carlson's 3K. I mean, that's a really cheap Molina's 33. Yeah, like totally decent hitters. Um, yeah, I probably will end up with at least – a couple of mini stacks just based on salary. Um, and if we're just talking raw points, no, no, they're not really up there. Um, but I think at least O'Neill's going to be a guy I play on his own a fair amount. Um, and then really DeYoung might be kind of interesting to me um, because of his price. You always want to pay up at shortstop, but when you don't like the cheap shortstops are usually pretty nonsensical, um, but he's not nonsensical at all. Uh, as far as Atlanta bats go, I mean, they're expensive. Carlos Martinez is not a big strikeout guy. If he's going to not be able to strike these guys out, there's a lot of power, a lot of hard contact, a lot of hard hit balls here for Atlanta in this game is kind of what I'm projecting anyway. Yeah, this is, um, to me, just a high-end stack them if you can afford them. Um, it's, it, it, guys like Acuna and Freeman, like it's really tough to play 6K bats on their own. It's the same problem I ran into with, with Matt Olson. Like, I love all these guys, but you're really not going to be able to pick out 
individual 6K bat. So you're really just saying, hey, I'm going to pay all up all the way up for one stack and then go cheap around them. Um, and Atlanta is, is definitely high on the list. I think I prefer Toronto as the high-end stack, um, but I would put Atlanta after them. Fair enough. We move on. We've got the Marlins and the Cubs facing off in this one. No total in this game yet. We got Thompson against Zach Davies. Any interest here in Zach Thompson? Um, Zach Thompson. Uh, what is he priced? I didn't He's even look at him, honestly. Uh, eh. No. I mean, I, I feel like these guys we're talking about should be like, 5k 5500 and then and then yeah like if you go back to like double a i see enough to like with him that i would want to play him but you know his triple a numbers were as a reliever and it's just kind of i don't really trust it and he's just not cheap enough i don't i don't don't know he should be 5k so no would it change your mind at all if i told you we're gonna get seven to ten mile an hour winds blowing dead in from center field uh certainly doesn't hurt at all um it might change my mind a little um i think honestly when it comes to zach thompson i think it also depends on like if we get any word that they're going to extend him to like 75 to 80 pitches here too yeah i mean like the talent is is in here um yeah i mean it's pretty impressive what he did against atlanta but like I, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not ready to trust him by any means. And I still feel, I just feel like he should be cheaper. Um, but I, I, yeah. So while we're talking, I mean, I guess I maybe you play him instead of tie on in that, when you get to that price range, like I don't want to play anyone in this range, but may, maybe he's worth a play ahead of tie on at this salary. Yeah. I kind of, the more I think about it, the more I like it. I do want to see what Kevin Roth has for the weather. Like I'm no weather person. So what I'm seeing right now is seven to 10 mile an hour winds blowing in from center. We'll look at, I'll look at weather edge and see like, does that really affect anything or not? But I'd love to see him get like 75 pitches here at 6,600. The Cubs strike out so much. And this kid has strikeout stuff. Um, just kind of looking back at swinging strike rates. And the other good thing is like in 2018, when he was with the white Sox and double a, he had a little bit of walk issues, but you look what he's done over the last couple of years in the minors. And he looks like he's really fixed that command issue. So, um, yeah, man, if he's going to get a good umpire too, throwing strikes at 6,600, he could definitely pay off this price tag. I have, I have way more interest than I thought I was going to on a guy like Zach Thompson, but I mean, a lot of these bats on this right-handed, like power guys, Baez, Bryant, he has a good slider. Like that's kind of his out pitch. So that would definitely help him with those guys as well. Um, Zach Davies going against the Marlins. I mean, he's had a couple good games in a row here, but Dave, this is one of those ones. I hope people look at that game log. They load up on some Zach Davies and I can fade him and watch him get 10 points. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely no chance that I play Zach Davies. And I get, I mean, I get it. You know, the last two starts, it does look like, oh, maybe he's back to what he was doing last year. And maybe. Um, <laughs> Prove it to I'm me. Gonna say no. Do it like four uh, yeah. or five more times. Yeah, I just. I just <laughs> I, I, I'm not playing Zach no, Davies, it's, it's, a, it's a no for me, dog. Yeah. I, listen, <laughs> God. 
<laughs> I I can't even like I can't even do it against the Marlins too because they're so pesky. Like, oh, they get bad at like go their way so many times. Like, I I can't play Davies, but honestly, I'm not like okay in in a in a on a 15 game slate. If we are going to see like massive ownership for Davies because he is facing the Marlins. I'll definitely roll out a Marlins stack um, just to get different to try to be in that one percent if they do go off. Um, so that I think that's where you would look at the Marlins bats. I think you could play Marte either way, but I think if you if you're going to see ownership on Davies, I think the Marlins are in play. Yeah, like they're a a much more respectable team than it seems like. Like when I just kind of go down their lineup, I actually really kind of like four or five of their hitters most days. Um, yeah, they're one of those teams I'll throw in as a, as a just-in-case stack, not even in just 150 lineups, maybe in in 15 lineups they might make it. Um, any interest in the Cubs here? They're so expensive. Yeah, it's I, they're just overpriced. I mean, you could see them getting to, you know, a inexperienced kid like this, but I, I cannot pay. When we look at them, I mean, they're the same price as the Braves and the Blue Jays, and I, I just can't do it. Yeah, I I can't I can't do it. They're too expensive. Like, who's the cheap pitcher that you're playing? Like, who's who's the right? Guy? That, that is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you gonna take Mike Fultonevich and try to play the Cubs? Like, do uh, Jose Urena, Senzatella, and a Cub stack? You'll be you'll be different. It's all about leverage, know. Stevie. Let me know how that works out for you. Um, Minnesota at Texas. We got. Barrios against Fulton Nevich. This game has a nine total. Minnesota, a one sixty favorite in this one. Any interest here in Jose Barrios? Yeah. So this is where where it starts to get really interesting. Um, we're going to run into basically four or five pitchers, more or less the same salary, um, starting here in this kind of eighty five hundred area, that are just really good. Um, not quite, not elite, and there's a reason they're not ten k. Um, but He's been very consistent. He's getting 100 pitches. He's above average strikeouts, really good control. You know, maybe he gives up a lefty homer or two. Um, but, yeah, I just think he's really fairly priced for this matchup. Um, and, yes, I have interest in him quite a bit. Yeah. Bring it on. Um, again, I've already said, you know, a couple times as we've been recording – um that i like this 8k range and he's one of those guys texas they strike out a ton he could give up two home runs and still strike out 10 here and he would definitely do fine if he does that so um any interest in fulton evich on the other side uh that would be a negative yeah he just doesn't strike anybody out remember when this guy was really good and just was yeah. striking everybody out but hey you never know luis castillo they took away the sticky stuff and he pitched like he was back to his old self so maybe yeah. Maybe Fulty just needed the non-sticky stuff. Um, I think it would be really funny if just everything just completely flips and everyone that was bad is suddenly amazing. They're like, oh, the ball was sticking to my hand. Now I can zig it. <laughs> Listen, these guys have been using this stuff since high school. Um, anyway. Um, twins bats against oh, yeah. Fultonavich. They're, they're oh, in a God. great spot. Donaldson potentially not being in the lineup opens up maybe a little bit of value here too, but yeah, I, I like Minnesota here. Like, Fulty is just exactly the kind of pitcher I, I love to pick on. Um, you can stack against him, but it's also he's the kind of guy I pick out power bats against. Like, 
bunch of fly balls. He doesn't strike guys out, but he's usually in the strike zone. Um, I, I think this is the ideal team to kind of build a little mini stack around some other stacks. And if you're not playing Cruz and if Donaldson's out, um, it, they're not cheap, but, you know, Snow, Kirloff, Larnock, like you, you can get uh, like a mini stack with some decent power without spending much. So, yes, I'm going to be playing some of these guys. Right there with you, buddy. White Sox, Astros. We got eight and a half total here. Pick them game. Radon against Luis Garcia. This guy, Carlos Radon, has been very vocal about Major League Baseball taking away the substance to grip the baseballs him and I feel like him and glass. Now I've had a lot to say about this. Um, there is no way that I'm playing a guy that's complaining about not being able to grip the baseball as much facing a team that doesn't strike out. I know he's been fantastic this season. I've rostered him more this season than I have throughout his whole career. It seems like I can't do it. Cheese. I, I mean, I feel like there's some situations where we got to have a touch and feel, part of dfs and not just look at the numbers because you look at the numbers you love him in this spot but he dominated detroit that's not saying much um i'm gonna i'm gonna pass here and hope that i hope that he doesn't put up like 30 and i feel like at this price he needs to put up 30 yeah it's a clear pass for me and this is one where when we look at matchup um to me pitching as a lefty against houston is a tougher matchup than pitching in course field for Burns. So if I'm taking an ace with a tough matchup, I'm taking Burns anyway. Um, in it without even factoring in the Verdon might lose his mind with the non-sticky ball. So uh no, I, I don't want him. I don't know. I just I like I said, this guy has been one of the guys that has been so vocal about it that I can't do it. Um in the matchup too. I'm not running out to stack Houston here, but I mean, I'm just, I'm not playing him. Luis Garcia on the other side. This is a guy that's shown us a little bit of upside. Um, and like, again, like this 8k range is somewhat juicy. Do you have any interest here in Garcia? I really do. Um, yeah. you know, not quite as much as, as Barrios, but there's this whole, this clump of guys, um, that are all just really good. And in fact, if you go Garcia, down through Barrios, which includes Cobb and Kikuchi, like the overall skill sets are almost identical this season. Like they're all around like 26 to 28% strikeouts with decent control. Like when he's on, he can pitch deep. He's, he's more at risk of an early, early hook if things aren't quite going his way, which is kind of what makes me prefer Barrios, but in addition to the matchup. Um, but yes, like if I'm looking to play, which it sounds like you are too, kind of two 8k pitchers rather than trying to go up and find something cheap um so i'm going to kind of mix and match around barrios and, and garcia is definitely one of those guys i love the 8k range like you said the four guys that you mentioned are the four guys that i like a lot <laughs> um so I, i'm with you on garcia you know you look at this lineup and anderson abreu mercedes like those are the three power guys i guess you could throw grandal and, and moncada in there but they're all righties and garcia has been this dude has a 30 percent k rate and under a 120 iso against righties he generates he has a six percent hard to soft contact ratio against righties like that's exactly what i want to see knowing that the power guys are right um or right-handed bad so yeah i'm i'm on garcia here i don't i really don't like the white Sox bets 
yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. Um, any interest in the Houston bats? Um, I think they're worth um, a large field tournament stack. Just, and that's where you do kind of play this narrative. Like, if it's already in Radon's head that oh, I can't pitch anymore, uh, then maybe he just can't. Like, maybe it just it kind of blows up in his face. Um, and it's still a long shot. I mean, the guy's still really good, and it's it's not a terrible bullpen or anything. So, you know. But yes, I, I, Houston's one of those teams. I'm always going to stack them when they're not popular. They're, they're just a good enough team. And I think that they'll even be lower on here with Bregman being out because it's yep. not like you're not going to feel great about stacking Houston here because you're going to have to throw in some lefties in your stack. But if McCormick bats like second, I have a ton of interest in him. He's been hitting the ball fantastic. He's super cheap. So I kind of like Houston. I'm with you. I feel like if you just want to play the narrative, um, take a shot here with Houston. Mm-hmm. We saw it was it Woodruff on Thursday night. He like yeah. he he was giving up a lot of hard contact. You know, obviously it was cores and everything, but Boston at Kansas City is where we go next. We got Pavetta against Coar. Um this game, I don't see a total for this game. So I'm not like I don't think they've officially confirmed Coar, so they're probably waiting on a total for that. Um, yeah. Um, it sounds like he's gonna pitch, but they haven't really narrowed it down. I don't think I've played Nick Pavetta this season, but I honestly don't hate him in this spot. <sighs> like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I I understand the words you speak, Stevie. Um, uh, Listen, I'm a Red Sox fan, and I've been very vocal that I feel like Pavetta is terrible. But, I mean, Kansas City is not a lineup that is – like, they're, they're either going to beat you or you're going to beat them – um, I know that sounds so simple, but I feel like that's how I feel like that's yeah. how their lineup is, though. Yeah. Um. Essentially, no is only the real answer I can give you. I mean, I I totally get it. Like, this is one of those where I say I don't think you're crazy at all to play Pavetta. Like, he's also right there in that same strikeout range as Brios and Garcia and these guys. Like the control is not as good, but it's not been like horrendous. Um, and the power other than last start, which because it was Toronto, whoop de do like he really hasn't been giving up home runs like he used to. So sure. Uh, I will allow it Stevie, if you want to. Um, but I will personally be, uh, not, I mean, yeah, you got rocked by Toronto. That makes perfect sense. That lineup is very good. I mean, he's a guy that can get you, six to 10 strikeouts in this spot. I'll probably give up a couple runs, no doubt about it. Um, but I mean, outside of the Toronto game, it's not like he's really gotten blown up and like, they'll give him a hundred to 110 pitches if he's pitching well. And I feel like there's some, there's some upside just in the pitch count sometimes. So I would rank him fifth out of Garcia, Cobb, Kikuchi and Barrios in this 8K range, but I would rank him ahead of Paddock and ahead of Johnny Cueto for what it's worth. So I've got um, him ahead of, ahead of Paddock as well. So um, the other side, like you said, we don't know if it's going to be Coar. He's not great if it is Coar. Like we want it to be Coar because we want to stack the Red Sox, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't like this spot. Yeah, there's like, I mean, the, the guy's got to give me two innings before I uh, consider playing him. Like, he's, <laughs> I, I mean, I thought he was going to be good. I, and I think he will be good. I, it's just he, he wasn't ready. Um, so, 
not not you see yet. This sometimes, man. You see this, you know, it takes a couple years sometimes for some people. Like, how long did it take Giolito? I feel like he's one of those. Oh, guys like that, four yeah. years at least. Yeah. But we knew he was always talented. Like he was always talented. So um Boston Bats, if it is Coar, stack them up. Um oh yeah. Yeah. And probably even if it's not, um they're probably gonna be a stack. So yeah, like KC has a, a very good sort of back end of the bullpen, like sneaky good, but they might end up getting to where they have to go. Like they might have to leave Coar out there for three or four innings, even pitching bad. And then they might have to go to like Irvin Santana or something like that. Like they don't want to burn out like their couple of good relievers if they're losing 10 to two. I mean, if you get to the good part of the bullpen, your stack's probably not getting yeah. there anyway. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm just playing thinking that uh, I didn't. Uh, what was that date? Yeah, like Irvin Santana probably could come back out. Uh, he pitched on the 14th. So yeah, I, I feel like we could get um, three, four innings of Coar and three innings of Irvin Santana. I think I would stack that. I hope we don't even get an inning of Coar. Um, hope he gets knocked out in the first. Well, that's that's kind of the trend here. Listen, that's a biased Red Sox fan. Uh, as far as Kansas City bats go, the guys I'd want to play are expensive. Perez is expensive. With Merrifield's expensive. Carlos Santana is fine. Mondesi's back. He's thirty nine hundred. Um, ah, Soler, man, he's having that seat. You always click his name because he's so cheap, and you're always disappointed at the end of the night because he either strikes out three times or hits a single or a home run. Um, I don't love Kansas City here, and that's kind of one of the reasons that, like, I don't mind playing Pavetta. Yeah, I um, I love Salvador Perez, like, every day, even at the price. Like, he's just – if he played for a better team, like, everyone would just talk about him all the time, about how good he is. Um, but, I mean, it, I can't prioritize that on the slate. Um, yeah, like, I will end up with a little bit of Solaire and Dozier just because of the salary. Um, and like, I, I do think they, they have a, a path to, to beat up on Pavetta. Um, but I, no, I certainly don't love it. I mean, you're, you're trying to pinpoint a couple home runs because that's Pavetta can definitely give up home runs with the best of them. So um, we move on to course. We got the Brewers and the Rockies facing off here in course field. This has a 10 and a half total. It's Corbin Burns, it's Sensatella, and Milwaukee's a 185 favorites. Corbin Burns going into course. Um, any interest here in Burns? Uh, yeah. This, this is where this like gets super interesting. Um, I, the first thing I'll say, I definitely like Burns ahead of Verdone, and I like him ahead of Bauer. I don't like him ahead of Robbie Ray. Um except on FanDuel where their prices are totally flipped. Um, but to me, like, I, I feel like people are worried about Burns in the same way they're worried about Bauer and Cole and Glass now and whoever else. Um, I'm not worried about Burns at all. Um, I'm worried that it's course field, but as far as talent of the guy, I, I'm still totally on him. Um, and then the fact that, like the game's not over as we're recording this, but like Woodruff gave up five runs in the first and then nothing. It's still the Rockies are just not that good. Um, 
I'm going he to threw be a pitch Burns. down the middle to CJ Crone and CJ Crone punished him. Yeah. And that's where the runs came from. Like I, I am definitely playing Burns, not ahead of Ray on DraftKings, but if I am playing a 10 K pitcher, it's definitely Burns. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw that. Um, it was a questionable walk on McMahon. And then like, I'm telling you the pit, it looked like it was right down the middle. Um, the home run that CJ Crone hit. And then, um, Hampson hit one right after and I feel like that's just I gave up a grand slam and my next pitch sucked um as far as Corbin Burns go don't look at the Pittsburgh start he had a 750 bat up in that game um, on like zero hard hits yeah and, and like the exit velocity was still like 83 which is kind of where he's kind of averaged around the season don't overreact to the Pittsburgh game we all played him against Pittsburgh it was an amazing matchup any ball that was hit fell through. And it was just one of those games. It happens. Um, I want to see what the ownership is. If nobody's playing Burns, I'll definitely have some exposure to him. I love the 8K range, and that's my biggest concern. I have no concern outside of that. Um, this is a guy that throws a cutter. He throws a slider. Um, and he doesn't use his curveball a ton, so I'm not super concerned about that either. So, um. I'm not playing Sensatella. I know Milwaukee stinks, but um, I mean, if if you if you had the Gahunis to play Marquez, congratulations. Yeah, it's but not Marquez like he, is way better he, than Sensatella. But yeah, Marquez. It's not even like he struck a b- bunch of guys out. Yeah, I think he had two or three strikeouts and just pitched well. Um, Sensatella. I mean, he what is his strikeout rate? It's like fifteen percent or something. Like it's so low. And even as bad as this lineup is, there's still some power in this lineup. You know, with Vogelbach and Yelich and Navarez, even like Garcia and Adamas. That if you're not going to strike these guys out, you're going to struggle. Yeah, to me, this is a clear like like I I didn't like Milwaukee much yesterday, but I I like them much more today. Like this is the kind of team that just needs those really low strikeout pitchers and he's a really low strikeout pitcher so yeah give me give me brewers bats um but i i i'm not even considering sensatella obviously um any other thing to add here for the brewers bats no um i mean i think you can play them you don't have to stack them i still think this is one of those teams it's fine if you play vogelbach or yelich on their own um but against Sensatella, I I do think you need to be stacking them, even though they will be pretty popular for a 15-game slate. Um, you know, yesterday was the time to fade them. But other than Yelich, like there's no one else over like 4,600. So they're not they're not even one of the more expensive teams. Um, Rockies bats. What are your thoughts on them here? Um, it's a no for me. Uh, I, I was, and there's nothing wrong with story McMahon Blackman sure grown, but it's no, I'm not, I'm not playing against Burns. Um, and probably the good portion of the Milwaukee bullpen that didn't have to get used yesterday uh, on a 15 game slate. It's, it's, that's not what I'm doing. Unless they score some runs here as we're recording. That's, <laughs> that's what we're looking at. Jose arena, Alex Cobb, Tigers angels facing off in this one, nine total um, LA angels, a minus 200 favorites. Uh, let's start here with Jose arena. Any interest in him? Uh, only if Sensatella is not available. Uh, no. Um, yeah, 
I can't. I can't play Jose Arena here. I, I, <laughs> his his strikeout numbers is lots of one, one, two, one, and one. Well, that's fantastic. Well, it's not even like it's not even like the Angels team is like really solid right now either. Um, but I still can't. Do, I can't. No, I don't need I the one strikeout. I really don't. No, can't do it. Um, all right, Alex Cobb. Like he's another guy in this AK mm-hmm. range and. I mean, all in on Otani for me on Thursday, and there's a good chance that, like, I just go right back to the well here on Alex Cobb. I don't think he is a ace by any means, but I think Detroit's the worst offense in baseball, and I know they had a stretch where they were hitting the ball decently, but, I mean, you just look up into this lineup, and the the best hitter in this lineup, outside of Miggy, I got to give the dude respect, is probably the catcher, Eric Haas. Um, I, I like this spot for Cobb a lot. I do, too. Um, like, He's not, uh, again, Barrios is the top of this little quartet of, of good pitchers for me. Um, and then Cobb is kind of where Garcia was for me, which is like, he doesn't necessarily have any leash if he pitches well, but I feel like they'd be more apt to pull him if things go just a little wonky. Um, whereas Barrios has that little extra inning. Um but, I mean, we've seen Cobb go in seven innings two of the last three starts. And like you say, it's Detroit. Um, his strikeout rate is the same as all these other guys. Um, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm going to be playing a fair amount of him. If he's going to be the chalky 8K guy, I'll definitely play a little less. Um, I don't think he will be. I don't either. I, I think he's Alex Cobb. And, I mean – People are just going to see that he's Alex Cobb. And the good thing about like Alex Cobb too, is like his ground ball rate can get him out of trouble sometimes too. Um, and it's not like, you know, the fly ball guy here is Eric Hossi. It's a small sample size. Grossman hits the ball up in the air a lot too, but I mean, there's a lot of ground ball hitters on this team. So I, I feel like if Cobb even runs into trouble, we're, we're, you know, he's potentially getting out of it by getting a double play or something as well, which is always fantastic. So, um, any Detroit bats that you like here? No. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't – there's nothing, like, that's standing out to me. Haas is in that price range of, like, Molina, and I would. I think I'd rather go Molina. Um, L.A., anything here for the Angels? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, I'll stack them. Uh, I would say just with kind of the long-term numbers of Urania against lefties, I would say Otani – would be arguably top player on the slate kind of play for me. Um, and I like Jared Walsh a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, I would consider Otani. Um, I, I don't know, maybe ahead of anybody. I don't know. Yelich, Vlad, Olsen, Freeman, Otani. I, I probably put Otani first. Yeah. I mean, this is a high walk rate, low strikeout guy. Um, he does get some ground balls, but that doesn't uberly concern me here. Um, Stassi's been hitting the ball well. They gave him the day off on Thursday. He should be back in the lineup here. Um, I, I yeah, man, I want to see what the lineup looks like because I know Rendon is banged up too. So you have like the potential to get like some really cheap bats where you could do like a five man stack, play two of these 8K guys, and still have some really good money left over, um, depending on what this lineup looks like here for the Angels. So, yeah. And the combo of Urena and the Detroit bullpen is bad enough that I'll play some garbage 2K hitters to fill out a stack if it makes everything else work. Except for Fletcher. Don't play him. Yes, that, that is fair. 
Ward Ward is like 28 and he Ward's could potentially legit. bat like he could bat like third here. So, I mean, Wong, he's not a great hitter, but like I, he's probably still 2K. Um, so we'll have to kind of see what the lineup looks like. But yeah, I like yeah. the Angels. Me too. Dodgers and Diamondbacks, Bauer, Caleb Smith facing off in this game. Um, I thought there was a lineup. I don't know if they pulled it or if I'm just not seeing it. Anyway, um, let's look at Bauer first. Thoughts here going up against Arizona? So my first thought is, like, I don't think Bauer is done. Like, I feel like he's the guy who's going to be everyone's whipping boy for the sticky stuff just because he's the out in front poster boy, but um, there, there has been a drop off and I don't like, he's not going to be a 40% strikeout guy. He's still fantastic. And I'm still going to be playing Bauer plenty. Um, but I don't think this is the slate that we have to do it um, because we do have that AK range. We've got Robbie Ray cheaper. Um, I think Burns is enough better that I'm fine with him at a little bit cheaper. And it's not like I'm going to, X Bauer out of 150 lineups, but I'm just I'm just as happy with the the guys who are considerably cheaper. I don't know if you ever watch his YouTube videos. He, he does a lot of like vlogs and stuff. Um, they're really cool. He's been very open about everything, and he was somebody that was like struggling with like fastball command earlier this season. And I feel like if he's not getting as much grip on the baseball, these guys. Okay, a lot of these guys, a lot of these pitchers people have been using this stuff for such a long time to get grip on the baseball, not to generate more spin Bauer. Maybe he's obviously generating more spin, but these baseballs are wound so tight as a major league baseball that it's hard to grip the ball. Like you're supposed to grip it like an egg. I I mean, the numbers are there enough for me to be like, he's 10, six on a, on a 15 game slate. I'm not playing him. Um, I don't play 150 teams. If I did play 150 teams, I think I would seriously sit down and be like, I might fade Rendon or Don and Bauer on a fifth on, with 150 just to be different because they're still going to get ownership. But I mean, it's Arizona and this lineup's not anything that like super scares you um, at all. The roof is going to be closed and like that's obviously nice for these guys. Um, and it's not like there's a ton of power in this lineup. So I could see playing them. I'm probably not going to. Caleb Smith on the other side, he's a guy that I'm not playing. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, in general, like I do think there are going to be times where there's some upside with Caleb Smith um, now that he's back in the rotation. But now even the the watered down current Dodgers lineup, I, I don't need a, a four to five innings of Caleb Smith against them. Um, Any Dodgers bats that you like here? Um, so this is where I will need to wait and see the lineup. Um, there's still a lot, a lot of question marks going on here. Um, most of the guys who are hurt are lefties, so it should be fine. Like we should get Betts, Taylor, Pollock, Smith, Turner, um, which that's enough that yes, I'm going to have Dodger stacks as long as all the righties are in there that I expect to be in there. Um, I don't like them quite as much as a couple of those earlier teams but it's not too far off. Um, like bets is overpriced. Like, I don't think I'll play any bets on his own. Um, and then like Taylor and Turner, 
there are players I like just as much who are more in the $4,500 range where they're over 5K. So it's going to be pretty far down the list because of that pricing. Um, but yes, I like them. And I will especially throw Will Smith in there um, at 4,300. Yeah, I mean, you could go a little cheap here. You could go Pollock and Pulhos and Smith and then round it out with with Taylor and Turner or Taylor and Betts um, and still be okay. But I don't know. And that's I why I want to see like the uh, the Dodgers injury situation plays into this so much because if they if we know that Bellinger, Muncie, Tasugo, none of them can play at all. Like I think they're all on the IL still. I haven't looked at the dates. Then there's not the pinch hit risk with like Pujols and Pollock. Um, so I'm much more willing to play those guys. Assuming I'm, I'm trying to look this stuff up now. Yeah, Muncie's still out. Belly's out another week. So yeah, so the pinch hit risk is low enough um, for the next few days. Sure. Uh, I think it's okay. You could play a Dodger stack without bets and make it fit. Um, but that's enough that it knocks it clearly down below like that Toronto Atlanta type range that, that we're looking at earlier. I think the Dodgers, almost all of them will be back beginning of next week. Um, we'll see. Okay. But... Yeah, so it's... it's it, I feel bad for them, except that I don't. They're still fine. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to be the team to beat in the playoffs if they're healthy. Yeah, yeah. The lineup. I just, I just miss Corey Seager. Honestly, is all that it is. Yeah, I mean, love you got Tatis guy. though. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I love stacking the Dodgers more than anybody. So uh, the Dodgers and the Giants, like they've been my stacks for a year. Um, any interest in the Arizona bats here? Um. Uh, they're very nicely priced. I know I will say it's that. so tempting. I feel yeah. like they're your garbage stack on the slate. You could either like secondary or five man stack them. Hope Bauer really is struggling still. And they're so cheap that could easily pay off this price tag. But I mean, if you get the good part of the Dodgers bullpen, it's not good. Yeah, either. that's that's the problem. Like that this is another one of those Yankees type bullpens that like if they're in a close game or they're slightly ahead, like they, they can really nail it down. So so more or less no. All right, moving on. We got Philly at San Francisco. Vincent Velasquez against Johnny Cueto facing off in this one. The battle of the ages, eight and a half total. San Francisco minus one twenty-five favorites. Um, any interest here in Vincent Velasquez? No. The Giants um, are good. Don't play Vincent. Yeah, Velasquez. that's that's, that's yeah. Mistake. I feel the same way. Um, I feel like the Giants are going to hit three or four home runs and that's enough not to play Velasquez. Welcome to the podcast. Jeez. I say this every day. Um, and it, it works out, <laughs> it works out more than it should. Uh, the giants are so sneaky. Good. Um, Johnny Cueto. Um, like generally, like I still like the guy, but he's not, he's not been quite as good since he got hurt earlier in the season. And he's just, he's just not cheap. Um, yeah. like he's pr- priced too close to the, all those eight K guys that we like that I, I just can't do. I think I'd, I'd play free ahead of him. Um, and, and so this is where, yeah, I would, I would play your, your Nick Pavetta nonsense ahead of him slightly. My, my thing is like, all right, when I'm looking at the slate and I'm knowing that it's a 15 game slate, does Johnny Cueto have the ceiling to win you the slate? And like, that's where I always like, probably not. So, and then when I say Nick Pavetta, like I know Nick Pavetta has some strikeout upside and Johnny Cueto, I think the most he's had this season in any game 
after he's gotten hurt has been five. Like he struck out yeah. a lot against Seattle. He pitched well against Seattle and Colorado to start of the season. That's not saying much either. So I'm probably not going to play Cueto here. I, again, I love the 8K range. Um, yep. There was a guy. Who were we talking about at like six? Thompson. I'll play Thompson before I play Cueto. I'll go down to Zach Thompson against the Cubs. Um, let's talk bats in this game. Anything here for Philly? Um, kind of. Uh, they're just one of those teams is just always sort of sitting there. Like I kind of almost like them, but kind of not. Like I assume Harper is going to be back. It seemed like a very minor thing. I would have some Bryce Harper interest. They're certainly good enough to stack guys like Hoskins and Real Muto and all this. But I don't know. Yeah. Sure. But no. Like, there's so many, like, half the teams on this slate, this is exactly how I feel about it. Like, the opposing pitcher is just, like, completely okay. And there's a couple of really good hitters, but you've really got to be picky in who you spend 5k on. Um, so not really. Yeah. I don't, I think Bryce Harper would be back. It was a slight back injury. Um, I mean, the prices aren't terrible here, but Reese Hoskin is one of the coldest hitters in baseball. I know he had a home run the other day um, finally, but he's one of the coldest hitters in baseball. I'm probably going to pass here. Um, I love the giants. What's new. Um, Yaz is probably one of my favorite plays on the slate. He's 4,400 going up against Vincent Velasquez. This seems like an amazing spot for him. He's hitting the ball really hard again. And this is the, this is the time I think you want to jump on. Yes. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. I love him. Um, I love him. He is a friend of mine. Um, yeah. These prices are, are pretty good. Like, you know, posing belt at 5K, it's a little tough, but even there, I like it. Um, but yeah, like he has Brandon Crawford. Just, I don't know what got into him, but he's legit. Um, that's he a guy. He switched his swing angle. I had to, I did a deep dive on him the other day. Starting last year, he switched his swing angle. Well, it's working. Um, it like is. I'll pay I'll pay 38 for him and 44 for Yaz. Um, that that's kind of my my go to. Like I'll probably end up more mini stacking them. Um, because of getting both Posey and Belt is pretty tough. Um, but I, I definitely like those two. And then there's always a little guesswork with their lineup. Um, and there's always pinch hit risk. Um, but like if we get, I mean, sometimes they will bat just randomly bat Touchman like second or something. Um, and then he's 2,600 and then you play him. Uh, but then he might not play at all. So you, you can't really decide what you can do with the cheap stuff until you see the lineup. And if you're playing on FanDuel, the Giants are free. So, like, oh, they, they don't like about, Yaz at all. They are always so free. Yaz is 3K. Crawford's 2,900. Belt's 2,700. Um, I don't know if you do core plays on Friday, but, like, you could potentially tag, like, two or three Giants at these prices on FanDuel today because they're just so mispriced. Um, and they are every day. It, it seems like they are every day. So, with Crawford hitting in that, like, four or five spot on FanDuel, like, it's such a juicy stack over there to like go belt Crawford, Yaz, Posey, and have a ton of. Or I guess you couldn't do that, right? Or no, Yaz is an outfielder, so you can do that. So yeah, you can get them. Um, it just, I mean, and nobody plays Posey on Fanduel because he's a catcher. 
And then you can get up to like a Robbie Ray if you want to, or you can play one of these, you know, cheaper guys in that like eight to nine K range, but you could stack whatever you want with that because the giants are just so cheap over there. So love them on FanDuel, like them a lot on DraftKings. I'm with you Crawford. Yeah. more than the rest of these guys, but Posey has been hitting the ball so great that it's so hard to say, don't play Posey in your stacks. Cause he's quietly hitting like three forty with 12 home runs. So, yep. Uh, moving on Cincinnati at San Diego. We have Paddock against Centalin. Um, I'm probably messing up his name, but that's okay. Cause I do that all the time. Um, this game, I didn't see, Oh, there it is. It, it came out. It's eight and a half. San Diego's a 190 favorite. Um, any interest here in Tony Santillan? Santillan? Yeah, I don't know if you if he's a guy that pronounces the L's or if he rolls them. I I I have meant meant to actually find that out. Uh, like in general, this, this is a, a guy that I like. Um, but he's 6800 against the Padres. Like it, it's kind of like the Thompson thing. Like I feel like he should be 5500. Uh, I'm not playing him at 68 on this slate. I really worry about his command. Everything that I've read about him, I know he's like one of the prospects. I think he's like top 15 in the Reds organization and good slider, good fastball. But I, I've really, everything I've read about him is command issues. And he's a two pitch pony. He has a fastball and a slider. And when you're facing a team like the Padres, I feel like you have to be really on your game. And if he's going to be walking people against this lineup, it's going to, he's going to struggle. Um, Chris Paddock, 8,300. I mean, he's coming off a good game against the Mets. I think the Reds offense is really good. And I don't, I worry about Paddock. I I really do. Like, I don't know what's going on with this guy, but I'm probably going to pass here on Chris Paddock. Yeah. I'm not playing him. Like he's, he's fine. Um, like he's kind of ish turned it around enough, but like, I just feel like when he came out a couple of years ago, right out of the gate, he was so good that the expectations got blown out of proportion. Like he's not that kind of pitcher. Like he's a, a very good real life pitcher, but there's, there's really no strikeout upside here. He's just a guy who throws strikes and is okay against righties. Um, but okay. Like there was, is all. Yeah. There was a strong argument for like Musgrove going up against the reds. Like dude has a 33% K rate and like, he only struck two guys out. Um, Paddock, I, I just I don't see him dominating this team. He's my least favorite guy in this 8K range, so I'm gonna pass. Um, let's talk bats. Anything here for Cincinnati that you like? Yes, um, they're just a good team. Um, those those top kind of half of the lineup. Um, I'll play against pretty much any non elite pitcher. Um, the DraftKings pricing um, is tough because I like Winker's the guy I just really want to play, um, but you know he's fifty-seven. But to me, Castellanos, Naquin, and Suarez, and even Bado are probably a little bit underpriced. Um, so yes, I'll have a couple of red stacks. Dare I say I like Joey Votto today? Um, I mean, he's like he's a, a bunch of these old guys, kind of like you said with Posey. Like they're still good hitters. Um, and just underappreciated because they're old, but he's good. I don't think, do you know how much crap I talk about Votto on the podcast? Um, I, I know that he's not your, your favorite guy. <laughs> um, but he's another guy that like in the off season, he, like he changed some stuff around and he's not choking up anymore. And 
all right, credit where credit's due. Like I hated him because when he got two strikes on him at first base, like I want my power from first base. This dude's choking up and trying to put the ball in play. That was always my biggest argument. And, you know, one of the listeners sent me an article on it. I did some diving on it and like, he's not choking up. He's trying to hit for more power and he's 3,900 going up against Chris Paddock. I like the three men. You can go Vado, Cassianos and Nyquen and it's not expensive at all. So I definitely like Cincinnati here. I'm with you. I like Winker, but I don't know if I get to him here just because of his price. Yep. Uh, San Diego, man, Tatis is so expensive, but he's so good at baseball. Like he is so good. 22 home runs on the season now. Um, home runs in three straight days. Like he's so good. Jeez, he's so good. Yeah. When I look at this slate overall, um, I mentioned Otani, probably my favorite bat. Tatis probably second. Like I, I think I like Tatis. I definitely like him better than Betts. Yelich, uh, probably, yeah, better than Acuna, uh, better than slightly better than Vlad. It's close. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you should go out of your way to make sure you play him, even if you just, you know, I'm not talking 150 lineups. If you make five lineups, you should have one to tease every day. Like, he's, he's that good. He, he is <laughs> like he is. I mean, we're lucky, man. We got all these these young talented like Vlad and and Tatis and we got a lot of young talented pitchers. We, baseball is strong right now. The the up and coming class of baseball is really strong um, outside of Tatis. Cronenworth's expensive. Fam's expensive. I don't mind Machado. Gresham's nice there at forty three hundred. I probably use these guys more as like a secondary stack on if I get a cheap you know, stack in there, but I mean, they're expensive. That's the biggest problem with them. Yeah. The uh, Cronenworth fam Hosmer are kind of creeping me out at these prices. Like they're all nice gentlemen, but I mean, like cut it out. Um, maybe a Tatis Machado mini stack, and then maybe you get Grisham in there. Um, or, you know, you can make a case for, you know, filling it out with Caratini and Profar or something, but essentially I'm just playing Tatis and, and maybe Machado. We finish it out with Tampa Bay at Seattle. Waka, Kikuchi, seven and a half total pick him game. Um, any interest here in Michael Waka? Waka, Waka. Um, no. He, like, he, he's really just a three-inning guy at this point, so, so I'm going to have to see more. I mean, they're going to they're gonna start to get him stretched out now that they need him, um, but uh, he's not there yet, so no. Yeah. I, yeah. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Um, they, there was even a like a report that came out that like he's not ex- he threw like a twenty five to thirty pitch. Sorry, I just knocked my remote off. If you guys heard that, um, he threw like a twenty five to thirty pitch bullpen for his bullpen session. Like he's probably not going over forty in the spot. I'd be shocked if he goes fifty. I'm out. Um, Kikuchi on the other side. I really, really, really like you say Kikuchi here. Yeah, so where I'm torn is uh, my initial instinct is that Barrios is going to be way chalkier than any of these other 8K guys. If that's the case and you can just get way ahead of the field on Kikuchi easily, then that's what I would want to start with. Um, Like just if, if they're all more or less similar ownership, I would rank them Barrios first, Kikuchi second and then Cobb, and then Garcia. Um, but 
if my hunch that Barrios is the popular guy is correct, I'm, I'm fine going heaviest on Kikuchi. Yeah, I mean, this team, there's so much strikeouts in this lineup, and it's not like this team, it's not like it can go like full right-handed heavy. They can't. Like, there, there's going to be three to five lefties in this lineup still. I mean, this is a great spot for Kikuchi. I'm with you. I think I have Kikuchi second to Barrios, but if the ownership is up there, I don't mind playing Kikuchi and Cobb. I like the 8K range. Mm-hmm. Um, I have zero interest in the Tampa Bats. Like you could, you could play a Rosarina if you want to, but I, I really, this team is not good against lefties. They're bottom five in a lot of statistics against lefties this season. Yeah, there's, there's just no reason to do it. And then, like, I'm not stacking Seattle. Um, I mean, you could play Kyle Seeger or Mitch Haniger if you want to, but I just, I don't even see myself doing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I'll have probably a little Seager because it's like 36 He's is a very 36, fair price. So but that's, that's, that's probably just it. So cheap. Um, yeah, that's it. Let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Cheese under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who's a cheap guy that you like to get some strikeouts today? Under 8K. Um, whoosh. Uh-huh. Um, I guess not. Uh, other than none of them, I will. Um, I will give you. I'm just going to go random, and and just because I don't think any of them do, I will say Caleb Smith. All right, I think Zach Thompson gets there. I do. I think they pull him after seven when he clearly could have gotten eight. No, he has to get six strikeouts over oh, under eight. eight strikeouts. Six strikeouts. Oh, okay. Six strikeouts. I'm I'm with you. Yes, he gets six. But I feel better about Caleb Smith getting six, even if he gets kind of shellacked. <laughs> um, over eight K to score under fifteen fantasy points. Who's your bust at the top today? I'll go Caprellian. I'm gonna go Paddock. I think Paddock really struggles here. I think the Cincinnati Reds are a really interesting team. Over 4K to hit a home run, not in cores. Who do you got? If only there was anyone good on this slate. <laughs> um, I'll say Otani. I, I was like, why don't you just see? You said Otani's your favorite bet. Um, I'm going to go Yaz. I, I really like mm-hmm. Yaz in this spot. Um, under 4K to get two hits, not in cores. Who do you got? Also, a, kind of a lot of them, aren't there? Um, yep. I will take. Uh, your Brandon Crawford. I like it. He was my first guest, but I'm going to go Joey Votto. I don't think I've ever picked Joey Votto for a plus in this. There, game, you, so. go. there you go. Episode 1000 coming up. Got to gotta get some love for Joey Votto. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. Um, well, there's a bunch of them. Uh, I'll just, I'll just go with Toronto. I like that. I do. Um, Man, Vlad Vlad is up there as far as like top hitters on the slate. He really is. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I say the Giants so much. Give me the Reds today. Give me the Reds. Uh, Cheese. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, this is a a good slate. Um, good luck. I hope you win. <laughs> It is. It is a fun slate. Um, you're off crunch time today. No crunch time for you. So 
they got to hear your thoughts here. Are you, do you write an article on Fridays? I will have an article. Yes. All right. You'll deep dive a little bit more into it for premium members. Um, thanks for giving us your first thoughts on the slate here today. It's going to wrap it up for Friday. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend. If you're playing fantasy NASCAR, make sure you check out the package. We have practice and qualifying a new track. So many random variables for NASCAR this weekend should be a ton of fun out there in Nashville. So We'll be back Monday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys then.